2: The Big Fat Ron's Clarison Blue Army Podcast is brought to you by.
0: Stop! Grab your spoon and listen. It's hunger grabbing your attention. Mulla rice tastes nice and creamy with fruit that's light and dreamy. Rice, rice, baby. Oh, it's mulla. Rice, rice, baby. Word to your mulla. Mmm, tasty.
2: When it went 2-0 to Sheffield Wednesday, it was looking like game set and match straight away in the first half.
3: Mm-hmm. Big grin, wasn't it?
2: Villa were never in it, went 2-0 down, and it happened so quickly, 36 minutes, it was kind of looking all over, the crowd was singing Judas, Judas, what's yeah. the score, mm-hmm. and the first goal came when, you know, the game had barely started as well. And well, uh,
3: the first game of the season, you know, you have you have... These hopes and dreams, don't you? And you, you go to somewhere like Hillsborough, big stage. And you think surely we won't re- repeat the mistakes of old, you know, especially after last season.
2: Three minutes and it were one nil down. I mean, da- David Hurst, uh, David Hurst played amazing, actually. Yeah. I mean, it was a bit of
3: a, it was a ridiculous performance. That first strike, you know, the way he always cuts through the ball, doesn't he? Like a golf shot, where yeah, and the yeah. ball pings beyond beyond Spinks because
2: it it kind of pings and it floats at the same time, and and Spinks. I mean, you'd you'd have to kind of levitate to get anywhere near that. It was,
3: uh, it was ridiculous. ridiculous. I mean, for me though, there was this. Uh, it really caught the eye, and that though he could have been a bit tidy with some of his finishing across the game. Carlton Palmer looks every bit a long-term England player, I and mean, mark my words, perhaps even an England captain. Are you sure? I'm gonna I'm gonna put myself out on a limb there. Mark my words, that that he will go down as one of the greats.
2: Maybe Run should have signed him. I mean, six six players made their debuts today. Mm. Three of them, three of them scored as we uh, we came back fantastically. I mean, Cyril Regis. was never a big fan of Cyril's just because he played for the Baggies in uh, the
3: Cov. What well, a free transfer, wasn't he as well? <laughs>
2: yeah, so his I mean his goal got us back in it, and uh, I mean a 33 year old striker. It's not kind of the first thing you have in mind when you're rebuilding a team, but he, he kind of was at the centre of uh, the revival. And then mm-hmm. Dalian Atkinson uh, looks like he could be a
3: bit of a gem. Yeah, it was a, it was a good, it was a striker's goal, wasn't it? That that scrambling around the far post and, and uh, getting us back level again. Good things to come, I think.
2: And then uh, Mr. Steve Staunton, ex of Liverpool, uh, on his debut as well.
3: There's this kid who he's he's never going to amount to nothing. Uh, Dwight York, who, who broke. Fed, fed Atkinson down the line.
2: Uh, I, I've got to admit, I think Ron Atkinson was. Uh, he's just kind of giving him a bit of charity because he's a young guy. I think he's going to sell him on. Yeah, I, I, Graham, I don't see. I, mean, I don't see a future for. Him. I mean, Graham Taylor. You know, seventeen-year-olds from Tr- Trinidad and Tobago is not really the direction we need to be going. No, we need no. to be getting in like.
3: We need more Cyril Regis's. Exactly.
2: When it went two-two, I, I was confident Villa were going to snatch it because I mean Wednesday brought on Trevor Francis, and that's—I uh, mean—you might as well wave, wave <laughs> the white flag. What? You, how old is he? Like forty-five or something like that?
3: He brought himself on. I'm always a bit dubious of managers that bring themselves on. That's not one, not one to really <laughs> endear you to the rest of the squad, is it? Uh, well,
2: me. uh, I mean, I'm surprised Ron Atkinson didn't come on with like one minute to go just to uh, <laughs> just to soak
3: in the applause. <laughs> Cigar in one hand. I've got it, boys. <laughs> fuck fuck this Trevor Francis guy. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh,
2: what do you think? I mean, overall, just to quickly recap, Big Ron basically mm. came out in the press uh, in pre-season when he was Sheffield Wednesday's manager and said, uh, I'm not uh, going anywhere, folks. I mean, obviously, they've, they've been a successful team, especially uh, winning mm. the Rumbelows Cup. And the next day, he signs for Villa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
3: it's a uh... good move, Ron. This is a game with uh, lots of loyalty still in it, so it's a uh, you know I'm sure this will be one of the last instances we'll see of a manager just dumping on a club uh, or, or a player for that matter. So,
2: but the good thing is we've got Andy Gray uh, as the assistant manager who's who's come back uh, yet again for the third time, and as he, as he said in his interview, he's got claret and blue blood so he's going to be here for i think for decades i think doug ellis uh will keep ron around for a long time i mean you know he's not going to sack him just on a whim like he has done to uh, previous managers so i think he'll keep uh ron on for a good few years and then andy gray will take over i mean maybe andy will uh, ma- manage the villa ladies team as well because i know he's got a lot of respect for women working in football so uh and it's kind of a uh a dual role that he could probably pull off quite comfortably as well. I mean, some managers run an international team at the same time as a club team, so I think Andy can do the ladies team as well. So, what did you, what did you think? Any any quibbles about the Villa team? I mean, what what did you think of Paul McGraw? I thought he was a bit bit shaky in the first half.
3: Well, there's a reason he's been offloaded from Man United, isn't he? That he's he's got no knees. And, you know, we, we have to look to the future, don't we? We have to become... We have to look perhaps even to the continent. You know, there's, there's rumours that the Big Ron wanted the up-and-coming nonce defender, Marcel Desailly. You know, um, well, they did say he'd never... Yeah, did you catch those rumours?
2: Yeah, yeah, he's, he's like 23, so I think it's a good time to uh, get him in. I think he said he's never seen such a hard-working player in his life when he uh, went, went over there to uh, watch him.
3: That's funny, I heard some skating reports that he was a bit lazy, or uh, I, I paraphrase, but something to that effect. Yeah? hmm
2: well, I don't know. We'll see. We've got to look to the future. I, I can't see us challenging for the title next season with McGrath in the team, so uh, I'd probably go for Desai because if uh, Ron says he's uh, a hard-working player, then I'd probably ignore the scouts that say he's lazy. So just in a nutshell, uh, we've seen Ron Atkinson's uh, mm. new reign at Villa first game. What's he going to do at Villa during well, his time?
3: An ascendancy. Is in the words of Doug Ellis, I think he's going to lead us to the Premier League title and beyond next season
2: well I don't know I think I I can see as I think he's a man he's a man as he's shown with Sheffield Wednesday he's a man who can pull off the one off game so I think he's going to win a cup uh, probably 94 give him a couple of seasons to get us right I can't imagine him winning the FA Cup with Villa so uh, I think a Coca-Cola Cup but next season I think we'll be up and at it we need a few more signings but I don't know I don't don't think he's going to pull that off I think he's going to get close but he's going to come up short in the end
3: close but no cigar
2: close but no cigar
3: when I go home late at night, this is a song that I really like to sing right now, so I'll play it for you. It's uh, called My Old Man. About to hold this man off.
0: It's over. Across the keeper and he scored. That's a very good finish. The angle wasn't great there. Could not have been more precise.
2: Welcome to the My oh Man Said podcast. I'm David Michael, the editor of said.com. Joining me, we're back again. It's Stan Rogers of the Villa Underground. Welcome back and greetings.
3: Hello, we are on the cusp of another run. I can feel it. We've got the drive for promotion. We've got the ashes going on. We've got a royal visit. Tony Jar, you can sit on his on his lap if you want to. Isn't that the, that's the that's the gig, isn't it? Sitting with Shai. It's, right. it's all all good. Is that right? And a global smart brain. But we'll come to that.
2: Do you want to just finish off the show while you while you're at it? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, was you impressed by our intro there? I, I thought the the Muller Rice was quite a funny little one. It's fake. If if we could get uh, Muller Rice as a sponsor, that would be fantastic. If anybody's listening uh, from Muller Rice, just for retro purposes, but we do actually have a uh, legitimate sponsor this episode, Futty Accumulators. You probably heard of them if you dwell on Twitter. The uh, number one source for your ACCAs. Is that what you call them? Accas. Accas. What's your go-to Aston Villa? Acca.
3: Uh, s- samba to score any time with an overhead kick. No, uh... <laughs> <laughs>
2: Is that, it's very specific. I didn't know you could get that. Uh... It,
3: well, there are very. I thought, I
2: thought you normally went for Bjarnason with the scorpion kick. I thought that was your go-to. Bet. <laughs> the the,
3: the Bjarnason scorpion kick, only only on international <laughs> duty though. Uh, and uh, I, to be honest, I, I dabble, but you know, you yeah, in a hat trick occasionally.
2: Yeah, well, yeah, that came up. Trump. so How much did you win on that one?
3: Four billion Bitcoin. <laughs>
2: but uh do check out footy accumulators the link is in the show notes and thanks for them for uh, sponsoring we might be able to pay for that microphone we blew uh during the international break while we're trying (laughs) to record
3: it's a a graveyard of dubious tight chinese technology now thanks Tony. (laughs) <laughs> hey, don't don't blame Tony.
2: I don't think he does uh, microphones. I think just town planning is his uh, his gig. Just to quickly uh, on the top of the show to apologize for not getting you a uh, an episode during the international break. When I finally managed to track down uh, Mr. Rogers after he was uh, he likes to take a sabbatical uh, he told me after <laughs> the international break. <laughs> <laughs> it, international breaks are for sab- sabbaticals apparently. Thanks for the mm-hmm. thanks for the memo before the international. I'm break. I'm sure I mentioned
3: this during the last <laughs> international break. <laughs>
2: but when we finally uh, got down to do an episode uh, for the end of the international break, technical difficulties reared their head again, and uh, a microphone went uh, awol in terms of. Uh, being able
3: to uh, perform its primary function which is record audio
2: but uh, yeah so the intro referred to uh, when we were previously 2-0 down against Sheffield Wednesday in the first half uh, that's way back in 1991 but those are the days where being 2-0 down was a minor flesh wound and uh, we could come back and still win the game Uh, we didn't do it this time against Sheffield Wednesday this season but uh, we did manage to beat QPR after being 1-0 down and that's our first comeback win since was it Arsenal on the opening day of the season? when we're 1-0 down, we won 3-1.
3: August 2013, it was when Tony Moon had us all believing that he was going to be the new, insert famous, fullback here.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Who's a good left back? Hmm? Stuart Pearce, that's all I know, left backs. Yeah, yes I go. Alan Wright. So we'll discuss, uh, we'll discuss that comeback against QPR, which uh, just quickly, I think it's probably one of the best performances of the season so far. Uh, we'll so. also touch on the Preston win as well, which equally was a, a decent performance. All, all yeah. the good stuff seems to be coming away from home. And yeah. uh, then we'll also talk about uh, that Wednesday uh, failure and the uh, well, what ended up to be a bit of a uh, huff and puff struggle against Sunderland, yeah. Yeah. but a valuable three points nonetheless.
3: Negatron alert. John Terry on some lounger in Dubai until further notice. Won't be seen in a vila kit again until championship trophy presentation.
2: Right, let's go into uh, the three points. Doctor Tony's back in town after quite a long absence. Actually, I think when did he? Last time, I think, was he at the opening game and that's that's about it?
3: Yeah, it's been a while, hasn't it? But he managed to fly in for the glorious uh, Sunderland victory and how convenient that Prince William was in town.
2: Yeah, he just came for the selfie, didn't
3: he? Let's be <laughs> honest. Now, hang on a minute, hang on a minute. There was a very, very important presentation to the squad and uh, our key intellectual ambassadors, Gabby Agbonlahor and Jack Grealish, were present to be presented with the Recon Group Global Smart Brain <laughs> presentation. <laughs> this, uh, <laughs> so, any thoughts, gentlemen, on, on the I, global I was strategy? hoping that
2: if you attended that, and we're sorry, we're referring to when Dr. Tony uh, arrived, he, he issued on Twitter a few pictures of him giving the players a talk at uh, Bodymore Heath. Yeah. and one of the uh pictures if you look closely there's basically all the players are sitting there looking at uh, the whiteboard project you know projector powerpoint presentation whatever it is and if you zoom in on it you see uh that it's like a powerpoint presentation picture of there's the global smart brain in the middle <laughs> of something called the global smart brain pointing to like is it town development yes. and you just thinking what's uh what's greelish gabby and co uh going to get from this uh, i mean i was hoping uh, that anybody who attended that presentation on the global smart brain would get a free global smart brain to use and uh, <laughs> improve their uh, improve their life and, and potential ability as well i mean that that maybe turn uh, gabby into a to a 20 million pound striker if he had a global smart brain uh, Prince William was in town uh, to—I don't know what he was doing there.
3: <laughs> you don't know—he—he was—he was, he was uh, endorsing the Birmingham Co- Coach Core Apprentices scheme.
2: Ah, that's what it was.
3: And and going to Jaguar Land Rover to look at all their shiny cars. And the original I, Whistle Factory.
2: I was just about to say, don't forget <laughs> the whistle. Was it Acme? It didn't, didn't they do the cartoons?
3: It's even better than that. It's Acme. It's Acme. No, they didn't pull out Roadrunner and co. They, but they did get... It is worth 30 seconds of your I've time. I've seen the video.
2: I've seen it. I've seen it when they blow the you. whistles.
3: About, about a foot away from both of their faces, <laughs> yeah. a very excitable whistle producer... I'd love. Who's <laughs> he's, he's clearly been speaking very keenly about his whistles, blasts the shrill I'm, whistle at the heavily pregnant. <laughs> I, I might. I <laughs> might have oh, a lighter I... one. He goes. And <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> ah, my <'Cause> waters! <laughs> it... <laughs> I don't know why she was Bavarian.
1: Ah, my waters!
3: <laughs> Something in the lineage, junction. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, but uh, I, I, first of all, I saw a picture of them putting their fingers in their ears, yes. and then I saw, then I found that, then I found that video. And in the video, at no point do they put their fingers in their ears. No point does the guy warn them that he's about to no. blow their their eardrums.
3: <laughs> this is your moment. Quick, quick, get the get the whistle from the Titanic. <laughs> Brace yourself, please. <laughs> oh, my God.
0: Oh, that is
3: absolutely
2: ridiculous. That's what it's like now. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, they were, I think William should have decked him, to be, uh, to be honest.
3: <laughs> he does He does style it out quite well whilst yeah. there's blood running out of his
2: ears. <laughs> I mean, just from the clips of them uh, waltzing around Birmingham, one mm. one thing is they they know how to do the smile and uh, keep oh, yeah. everything on a jolly, jolly oh, feel yeah, very yeah. well. Just before we move on, what's uh, Dr Tony talking about the villa haters in his tweet?
3: I'm not sure what that means. Do, do we know the villa haters? Who who I mean, is this a made up thing?
2: First of all he's just you know he's, he's saying that obviously to win get people on his side but uh, I mean this is referring to a tweet where he's implying that certain people have been shit talking him is that the term and dropping his share price on some of his uh, companies.
3: Yeah, I don't know what that I've not seen anything there were some bits and pieces when they from one journalist questioning him um but that, but that was a was, long time was, ago yeah yeah that was that was months ago wasn't it so I don't know what this is something back home because it's not easy uh, uh, not necessarily easy to get all of the chinese press uh, this side and vice versa wasn't somebody
2: wasn't somebody implying that he'd come to england to escape something like escape jail or something (laughs) which uh Uh what what's uh is that a birmingham city trek is that a birmingham city trek
3: carson young
2: yeah that's the one
3: he was jailed in hong kong i think he's just been released hasn't he recently
2: yeah but he had to go back didn't he they were after chasing him uh,
3: yeah yeah he was done for um it was fraud wasn't it basically
2: yeah well, enjoy your last few days of freedom, <laughs> Dr.
3: Tony. <laughs> Maybe that's why he's back here. It's asylum. He'll be held up in the Ecuadorian embassy before.
2: <laughs> he'll have a he'll have a picture of Prince William, his selfie of Prince William in his cell to uh get him through the night.
3: <laughs> and he'll be cuddling his global smart brain.
2: Anyway, enough of smart brains. Let's get on to Oh, I don't know if you saw the sun ran a an article regarding there's a bit of a worry going on that uh, forensic tests have been compromised And we're talking about thousands of forensic tests. Mm, and one of the mm. examples of the cases that it throws up is uh, the death of Dalian Atkinson, obviously in the incident with the police tasering him. Mm. Nothing wrong with the article, all fair enough. And you know, Dalian Atkinson's case is now it's it's in its it's gone past its first year anniversary. So uh, the family still hasn't had justice or any real answers there. But the son. For a picture of Dalian Atkinson, for some reason, there was a picture of Leandro Bacuna there.
3: Hmm.
2: There's, what's what's the term? Casual racism? That, I mean, there's, there's so, so far this season, there's been a lot of like a Nomar, Adoma mixes, mix-ups. I mean, Opta fucked it up one week and uh, Opta feed like the BBC, Sky, uh, also Aston Villa's that text, minute by minute coverage, online coverage. So uh, all all of these suddenly, I, think, I can't remember who scored if it was, I think it was a Domar or a Nomar I scored and everybody had said it was a Domar on, on all these mm-hmm. uh, various media outlets. And, uh, you know, people were saying there, but you can understand, you know, a Nomar, a Domar, you, you, mm. somebody can get that mixed up. But the son, I mean, the son of... I remember doing a *Media Muppet* article about them. It was a classic. Uh, I think it was pre-season, a couple of seasons ago, when Paul Lambert was in charge, and we played Palmer at Villa Park, where we <laughs> when we used to do like the kind of the one big European game uh, at Villa Park a week before the mm-hmm. season kicks off. Mm-hmm. And the Sun had a little, like a hundred-word blurb on this game, and it was headline was Aston Villa nil, Roma nil, and then in mm-hmm. those that small little brief right up it mentions like the Roma goalkeeper you know making a save here Roma forward missing a chance and then there's a picture of the the Villa female mascot hugging Roy Keane and the caption says Villa mascot Hercules hugs Paul Lambert so they not only got the name of the team wrong repeatedly but also got the name of the Villa manager wrong but so in this case it's it's why how do you end up with Bakuna when you're looking for a picture of Dalian Atkinson
3: They've got a lot of previous on this, the Sun, haven't they? And I imagine it's not just confined confined to us. Yeah,
2: I read a Medium Muppets article about it, and I said, surely it's not the conversation where you go, oh yeah, uh, I've, I've, here's the article. Uh, oh yeah, can you put a picture of Dalian Atkinson in there? Uh, yeah, we don't. Oh, we don't have a picture. I'd just use any black player in a Villa shirt. Yeah, that'll just, do. just
3: fine. Quick, get on. Quick, get on. Getty images. Quick. Just he'll do. And, and against the backdrop of two things: that what's been reported as the largest forensic scandal this country will have ever known, and an unsolved potential. Do I, to be careful with my terminology, but an unsolved, unanswered death of a potentially innocent person, and yet they've. It's just a classic
2: scabby low rent article isn't it yeah i mean uh, i mean the article's fair enough but i mean if you can't get no
3: effort.
2: effort no effort whatsoever i mean who's who's running really the picture desk it's it's a joke i mean uh, the paddy power listing Hugo ekeog as uh, after he'd passed away as issuing odds on him to be the next blues manager i mean mm. that's i mean that's nefarious and nasty you uh, and i mean that's the sun thing isn't as bad as that but it's just it's just you know how do you go from Dalian D- 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 Atkinson to uh, Leandro Bakuna? It's it's completely bizarre. Anyway, number three, uh, also in the media, our favourite CEO Tom Fox or former former CEO. <laughs> what the fox is happening? That was one of my favourite banners of uh, that season, <laughs> the relegation season.
3: Well, he he's saying that he had a lovely time at Villa Park, and he'd come back in a heartbeat.
2: Yeah, he said he loved it getting Villa relegated and everything.
3: I love the maroons.
2: The the, the one word that is used to describe Tom Fox and I think was it Pete Collie? Is he the ex-Sky, mm, Sky mm. Sportsman? He, he called him it on uh, his Twitter, you know, linking this, art, uh, retweeting this article, this interview with the Independent, Tom Fox's Independent interview, and uh, called him a charlatan, amongst other things. And charlatan is a word that a few people have uh, mm-hmm. labelled him as. And, uh, I mean, from my personal experiences, I mean, as well as charlatan, I'd throw liar in there as well. <laughs> Sit on the fence, do Yeah. But uh, no, but also in that interview, uh, Tom Fox talks about how that, that Fabian Delph was that whole thing was basically a financial arrangement, as I said at the fucking time. Look, just just commit to us it'll be good PR for the rest of the season mm. and you know you give us the money and it'll be a low buyout clause so you can you know happily go on your way uh, in the mm. summer mm. and just to take the fans for a ride like that is just a, an insult and that was that was the thing that always it was that was the kind of elephant in the room for me in terms of fox was they did that just to get a nice you know 8 million quid it was like a deal. I mean, they they just played the system.
3: Yeah, he played the system, and you know, there's lots of lots of bad enough, systems at play.
2: But don't don't take the fucking fans for a ride.
3: It's like a lot of his decisions. Though in the same article, it doesn't it doesn't go nearly deep enough because it mentions the flops in terms of Almstadt and, and O'Reilly and people like that. But it doesn't. Yeah. You know, he appointed them, but there's no scrutiny of how bad those. You know, not just those individuals, but the players that they brought in on a. You know, the moneyball system, which. It's you know it's only it's flawed it is flawed and it, you yeah. know, we're the we're the best example of that if you wanted one there we're the case study of how not to not to do know, it not to right, stabilise a football club.
2: Let's carry on uh, to brighter pastures now. Mm. We are now fourth fourth in the league. Before we go into well maybe we'll talk about the games as we go along, but before we get into them uh, per se, uh, the big word at the moment is injury and all yeah. these injuries that have been mounting up uh first one of the obvious one is codger bad one goes off against goes off uh, against the blues injured doesn't play again Hmm. not fit enough for villa still manages to be flown flown out and the ivory coast basically telling us at every uh, juncture that oh yeah no he's fit he's all good and then the first training session he's out and he's out for a long long time now, I mean, I wrote an article basically saying hmm. if this was Sir Alex Ferguson or any like you know hardball manager, if a player isn't fit for your club, shouldn't he? that gives you grounds to tell a football association to go fuck themselves
3: have thought so I mean what this is mean, even
2: it? if you've got to play a little was few dark arts
3: well, we didn't we didn't we didn't need to either that's the that's the point, isn't it? That the guy was clearly not in any shape to be going away on international duty and it's broken down badly, it looks like, doesn't it? I mean, all I can assume is that the we haven't had confirmation, have we yet? But it looks like the same bone's gone. So it clearly wasn't healed properly. I mean, the the, and the long and short of view, we're going to be missing him for a while and irrelevant of the form he was in, that's gonna that it's going to bite at some point.
2: Yeah, Danak, I mean, I was even dubious about sending him off to Australia, but at least he'd played a couple of substitute appearances for Villa before he uh, yeah. went out. Yeah. So at least he was match fit for Villa and Kodja hadn't even you know played a minute No, it was... so I mean yes they will no. probably get some insurance F- uh, FIFA compensation but uh, you know it means bugger all in the context of this so in terms of Kodja Bruce has admitted that he's well he's going to buy somebody in the January window I think it's a necessity, really. Quite funny. I read the Birmingham Mail thing. Ah, oh, good news on the striker front.
3: Hepburn Murphy is back. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> hmm. has he ever been here? Seems like he's been here. He's back. He's back. Ooh, guess
2: really? a lot of articles uh, written about him for. Uh, cause, like at the moment, you'd have to consider him a non-entity, really.
3: Well, superseded by Davis.
2: Yeah. No. Completely. And he's Hogan's
3: like a... Hogan's. A... A dead stick as well at the moment isn't he after having some nasty surgery
2: it's getting to the stage where are we wasting our breath talking about scott hogan on this podcast
3: maybe that's- i think some people have already written him off definitely it's enough I, th- I think if the manager's talking about buying that's only more competition in it, isn't it
2: yeah because normally in that situation you would say well it's, there's a chance for uh scott hogan to uh, stand up and be counted Mm. I mean, I don't know how I don't know the ins and outs of his injury are beyond his it's his stomach, but I, I'm imagining it will be a couple of weeks. I would expect to see him in December, but mm. I mean, when he's played, he's he's been like a ghost almost, with the lowest amount of touches of any player every time. And Villa don't really play to his uh, strengths. I mean, we've yeah, had this that, discussion many yeah,
3: times. Yeah, I think that's that's the mantra that we've tried to and we still try to have a balanced view on him. I think that that we've seen some of the good bits of his game, I think we, we have a meeting of the minds that I don't think we necessarily play to his strengths, but he's in, increasingly not helped himself. He's come on, he's had 20 minutes here, 20 minutes there. And uh, like, like I think you said, we were talking about some of the more recent games, you, you wouldn't have known he was on the pitch sometimes. Yeah. And that's that's alarming when you've got no impact off the bench and that that I would have thought would be alarm bells for Bruce who's thinking probably for this sort of scenario and actually maybe when you want 10 or 15 minutes to give a defence a run around, yeah. you need someone coming off the bench. and. The other thing for Hogan is that if Hepburn Murphy is fit and and alongside him, they're starting to get ahead of him in the pecking order like Davies has, and that's writings on the wall when you're supposed to be the Billy big-time striker.
2: Uh, The other big injury, which we haven't actually spoken about on this show, is uh, Mr. Terence, John Terry. That's a shame. Don't know why I called him Terence there. (laughs) But, f- but for me, uh, out of the two injuries, that's the bigger injury because he was looking like the man. I mean, I, was. I, I was completely won around. I thought all that yoga he's been doing has obviously been doing the trick. <laughs> and uh, he, he was like a proper defender. And he sorted out that defence. I mean, the clean sheets spoke for themselves. Yep. And uh, it was kind of a – he didn't actually collide with anybody, did he, when he got injured? It wasn't an obvious uh, injury put yeah, it that way. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. It was that like one of those weird sort of contacts and where the foot bent or he caught it under his yeah. Yeah, it's a weird metatarsal injury, isn't it? A real shame for Terry, because like you say, I think it, people across football really quite dubious of a, of a drop down and a move to Villa. But I think game by game, he was really looking good and really looking yep. like a captain as well
2: yeah though, i mean the I mean there was a lot of cynicism i mean yeah, there was yeah. i mean there was two types of cynicism one was like our, let's say our kind of cynicism where we were saying eh, it's a bit of a gamble, but the name at the end of the day will sell you shirts yeah. uh well, it'll sell you shirts if if you have the foresight to get enough le- letters in to spell his <laughs> name, so you can sell those shirts but that's that's another story <laughs> <laughs> that Call that classic one villa, bad marketing planning and you We've know loads f- of bakunas. <laughs> or is it Atkinson? Ooh, who
3: knows? <laughs>
2: but he'll he'll be a good influence on you know on on the squad because mm. hey, we've got a like a top top name here, and, mm-hmm. and that can only can only have a good knock on effect. And mm. you know, if you get twenty odd games out of him, then uh, pretty good. And if you get promoted, it's all happy days. And then the you know the other, let's say, educated cynicism was, or you might break down with injury as well. But at the same time, if he comes good, it's a great season. It's a good. It's a good. uh, It's a good buy. It's a good gamble. And then the other cynicism was like 442 magazine saying worst signing of the window. It's like this is just for the fucking headline, isn't it? Because yeah. he's not the worst signing of the window. These Manchester United and Manchester Cities who have spent like fifty million on a player could potentially have the worst signing because that's a lot of money to uh, bomb out on somebody who doesn't work. When Terry's uh, no proven. transfer fee, proven, and it's just the the question of age. But he's—I mm. uh, don't think he'd be uh, up for it and playing in the championship if he wasn't fit enough.
3: And he and he had, he had proven that. I think he was in fantastic shape, and it wasn't because yeah. of lack of fitness that he broke down it was just a freak injury I think that could have happened to any player uh, you know we'll get to the games in a minute really I think that it's, it's funny that he's dropped out that since he's dropped out that we have we've definitely lost that experience haven't we that experienced guile
0: and
2: Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first.
1: ProPilot is an advanced driver-assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together.
0: Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order mug delivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18-plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
2: Well, no, more more like we're not as organised. I mean, look at the two goals we've conceded against QPR and... uh, Sunderland. Sunderland, the Mm. last two games. I mean, these are goals that were put away within the six-yard box. And, I mean, the second one was... I mean Johnson should have against his sorry against Sunderland Johnson should have probably strong-armed that a bit more yeah. rather than paring it to their uh, the guy on the wing yeah. to put it straight back in then he was out of position but the other one he was kind of flapping around from a corner and the organisation was probably a bit lacking which brings me to the point so far Samba's been the man to replace him now mm-hmm. we we, mm-hmm. we thought uh, I mean when we were trying to record this podcast before until the mic exploded we are actually sitting here still with ashen faces with our, with our hair spiked up like a cartoon explosion but before we th- we discuss this and I think you you actually said prob- Samba would probably get a couple of games mm. to you know show you, show us what you got and then it's Yedinak would mm. would potentially come in and that would obviously give him time to get over uh, from his recent international mm-hmm. air miles
3: uh, jaunt and, and that seems to be the strategy doesn't it I I think that from Bruce's point of view he can he's got you know Samba is is the experienced, um, proven to a different degree to Terry, centre-half. And I think what we've seen is they've got different strengths, so you're not going to get like for like. And, and we saw against Sunderland, and we'll, we'll get into that in a minute, I'm sure.
2: Well, S- Samba's like, uh, I think the term is a unit, isn't he? It's he's just he's, massive. He's, he's
3: physically massive. And, and I against to QPR, say, is...
2: I thought he was, he was fine, I thought.
3: Yeah. I mean, he, got, he was fine against QPR. I thought, that again, all the things that actually we know about Samba. And what we're, what we're to see as well when people get games, and I know it's only the second one, but you know, he's been on a long period of a fitness run with the club. He's, you know, he's been training for a long time behind closed doors. He made a tackle against, uh, against Sunderland that earlier in the season, I think he conceded a penalty. You made a fantastic yeah. tackle against Sunderland in the first half in the penalty area, where you thought, you know, that's that's what you buy in there, really. You're buying that bit of experience and that actually having the confidence to make that sort of challenge at this level. Well, as well. well he,
2: I mean, he was just trying to compete with Hutton for the Hollywood tackles.
3: <laughs> yes. Of <laughs> course, Glenn Whelan was sort of having to. <laughs> Glenn Whelan was kind of like the, I don't know, the battering ram, if you like, whereas Samba and Hudson were, yeah, the, the Hollywood tackles. The full the on
2: sliding tackle. Uh, I mean, Hutton uh, got a couple of uh, good ones in. The mm. kind of tackle uh, suddenly there's a there's a massive applause uh, no. around. It wasn't actually that much uh, atmosphere uh, in no. the Sunderland game. No, it was, no, a, it was very was a bit... subdued. Bit bit almost spooky at times. But uh, certainly there one of the only things warming uh, the crowd up was were Hutton's tackles.
3: Megatron <laughs> alert Yedinak has scored a hat trick on international duty old Davis' new contract. An old Davis's new contract, Davis's
2: new contract. <laughs> Let mean let's look at the QPR game. Hmm. We'll, we'll put it in context. Uh, it was after, after the international break. Yes,
3: yeah, after, after having, you know, we'd, we'd lost to Sheffield Wednesday and this was the game where we needed to pick ourselves back up really and, and get back on a, on a winning run.
2: Before the international break, uh, away from home, we'd put in a pretty decent performance, you know, almost impressive. It could have been more against Preston. Mm, dominant, yeah. I mean, okay, granted they were missing uh, a large part of their back line or their first team back line, but... Even some Preston fans said that was kind of immaterial because Villa kind of bossed it and, uh, you know, looked completely different to the last time we played, yeah? Mm, Absolutely. And it was, you know, we were just looking for that. We're playing Sheffield Wednesday at home. Sheffield Wednesday, three losses away from home on the trot in their previous Mm -hmm. away trips. And that's when you start to think with Villa, this is a bit of a banana skin because Sheffield Wednesday, are are, are, a team, as we speak, are still capable of, I think, playoffs no problem. I mean, they've they've been up, up there in the last season or two and they're still a threat as far as I'm concerned. So, you know... Dodgy patch of form means nothing.
3: And the Wednesday game was, was a bit of a freak game for a number of reasons. There were some strange decisions on Bruce's part. You know, inexplicably p- picking Snodgrass when he'd had to had an injection for, for broken ribs. was yeah. A bizarre one. That one, it,
2: yeah, that one rattled me actually. Cause it was really fell. silly.
3: You know, and, that, and Bruce having to sub him before half time and the reaction because it was actually a really dumb tactical decision. Um, you know, going behind to, to after just, you know, less than a minute to, you know, ridiculous strike.
2: Just, just stop there one second. That's when I. I mean, I was thinking about that, relating it to Codger. Uh, thinking, well, yeah, well, Snodgrass can play. He's got two fractured, broken ribs. Mm. He's good enough to play. Oh, Codger, mm. yeah, we'll send him off on international duty. He'll be all right next week. I don't know. That's 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 when I thought if if it was just Codger in isolation, then I thought, mm. okay, well, maybe they thought he was all right. And but but still, I think you have to play for your club in the previous game before mm. you you can actually, you know. Viably go on international duty, but the fact that he'd let Snodgrass play, who broke down as soon as he chested the ball, yeah,
3: yeah, you couldn't do it, could
2: he? And I mean, I thought it was confusing at the start when you're watching the game and Snodgrass was throwing his shin pads around and you know looking really angry. So and you're also thinking, well, do you have that reaction if you're injured? Mm, mm. And then, then you think, well, it's forty minutes. What a stupid time to make a substitution, because mm, mm. surely you wait for half time, and then you know, then you give you give a chance to restructure it in the dressing room if you're going to bring somebody else on. But, but that was—it was, was just—it just—we just imploded. Terry going yeah. off after twenty minutes, going down one nil. Then almost straight after Terry going off, going down two nil. And you just thought, this—we're not winning this. No way. There's no way back to from you know for this one. But that's when you thought you start to have that doubt where you felt guilty for believing that we're going to be in the playoffs at least mm. this season. And then you thought, well, the way we chased that game, we were inept most of the time
3: as well. I think when he gets it wrong. He gets it glaringly wrong and it's kind of, uh, we we spoke in brief before in previous podcasts around that this is definitely the level that I think Bruce understands because, you know, we we can go on and we can talk about the Preston game. You know, Bruce knew exactly how to win that game of football and did it efficiently and and impressively, you know, and you, you carry that forward into the, you know, the QPR result that it's no surprise to me that Bruce worked out how to get us back into that game and win it. It wasn't always pretty at times. But we were we were composed and we were well, I know, Against we were, QPR. We were,
2: we were, I thought we were pretty pretty cool against QPR. I mean, yeah, yeah, I mean we had I mean. twenty we were, I mean we were we had twenty six shots. Yeah, uh, we,
3: we were we were really composed and determined, I think would be the word I'd use for that game.
2: Yeah. I mean 20 of those from our open play I mean we were having a go I think when we were 1-0 down you know there was people uh, you know on social media and obviously uh, in the away end that were just mm. like you yeah, know fucking hell Bruce and then you know suddenly turning on Bruce again obviously because mm. they'd lost the previous game but the way we were playing against Sheffield yeah. Wednesday, we went 1-0 down and then Terry went off and then 2-0 down and then the Snodgrass incident, you just thought, this this is just a shambolic uh, day mm-hmm. at the office. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. hopefully it's a one-off, but there's no way back in this. But against right. QPR, you felt, I don't think we'll lose this.
3: No, exactly. We, we, we had a feeling, didn't you? And and it had been a long time and it was something that I wrote about on the site that I think we've become so accustomed to going game to game and we've spoken about this binary way of thinking that actually, yeah. We're, much, we're a much different unit now than than we were even perhaps six months ago. You know that the, we our heads didn't drop, and I think we both mentioned separately as well that we had stamina over ninety minutes. There was no way QPR were going to win that game. There was absolutely yeah. no way that, and I think if anything, you look at the twenty six shots and it's something that's carried through for a number of games. We need to be more ruthless in front of goal because yeah. it undersells it undersells the threat that we carry sometimes. You know that's not to say there aren't insipid games like the Sunderland one, but that's where you bruce is i think come into it that it's i don't prescribe to much of his his throwaway statements about the championship but there are samey groups of fixtures where you have to approach oh, yeah. in a certain way
2: yeah that was that's what i thought was different i mean he his well the team or let's let's give him the benefit of the doubt mm-hmm. here he was a lot more aggressive this time uh, cuz you looked at the qpr game and you thought well here's a team that God knows what they're doing away from home, but at home, they're the fourth best in the league, their yeah, record yeah, yeah, anyway. Yeah. They've seen off Sheffield United and Wolves in the same week Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, they've only lost once, so you, you you kind of thought, well, Bruce's mindset here is going to be, well, we'll take a draw here. And then when we went one nil down, you're thinking, well, he's definitely going to take a draw here. Mm-hmm. But that didn't, that wasn't how it was playing out. We we were no. going for it, and that that goal, just the one we conceded, was just like, well, it's just a minor obstacle. We're gonna we're gonna win this game.
3: The really pleasing thing is, I think that we've got a couple of players now I think can sniff a victory and a dome. Name them, now. name and shame no, I'm going them. Going I'm going to name and, to. and shame. I'm going to name in shame. I'm going to, firstly, I'm going to mention Adoma because I think he's, you know, everyone can recognise what a what a rich and and fantastic. Right, how,
2: much, how much money has he got?
3: <laughs> he can have as much money as he wants if he carries on playing. As he is, to be honest, he you know he's he's that cool customer. He put away the penalty. And the reason I mention the players that that have got a bit of a a, a taste coming, I think, for getting it seems is that Hoorahan and Snodgrass's first instinct is to get forward and move the ball forward. And so it's a second nose, goal, yeah. For the second, you know, for that released ball for the for the second goal that Adoma runs onto, and it, it, I mentioned in, in my review of the game really that live it, it looked like a straightforward goal, but it, it's a fantastic move from the centre yeah. of the pitch through to the final third, and Adoma just unleashes that strike across the goalkeeper. Fantastic goal, and it's a fantastic goal to win that game by, and it summed it up for me that the villa of old would have conceded that first goal even having been on top and you could have said forget it you know you might as well have packed your bags yeah. and gone in the car and gone home i mean i did
2: know? i did i mean i did have one criticism of ademar was uh i think we we we've said it before but this this wasn't the same reason was the his kind of contribution from that side as a, mm. as a winger in terms of a provider mm. uh i think the last time we spoke he'd scored all his goals but he hadn't actually made one assist this mm. season where you compare it to last season where he was like the top assist man yeah. in in double figures but some of his crossing was a bit weak It wasn't beating the first man it was a bit kind of half-hearted not really targeting anybody he just put it in there half-heartedly
3: I'd say that's a criticism that stems back to last season. Yeah. That's just yeah.
2: something I, I, I noticed. But I mean, you, you can't knock uh, no, no. his timing of his runs and his kind of instincts for his instinct you know, is for sniffing like, out the goals. That's
3: the point, isn't it? That they want to. He's in that group of players now that uh, their instinct isn't to go sideways or backwards. And, and people have got their favourite players who they can remember for doing that over the last five or six years. Yeah. It's it's refreshing. It doesn't always work. It doesn't always work. And I think that those same players can be hampered when Bruce says, do you know what, we're going to shut up shop here or play a certain way. Huran particularly, I think, suffers for that.
2: I love like, like, how he, he has got. Sorry, he's just speaking about shutting up shop. He has got yeah. a routine now, hasn't he, yes, Bruce? It's, it's, oh, not discreet.
3: <laughs> it's not discreet, is it? And uh, oh, yeah. By the way, Al Mohamed you're, you're playing up front for the next ten minutes. It reminded me. Do you remember we used to have Ricardo Skimeka up front for a few weeks when we had? Yeah, yeah It was yeah, a bit yeah, of a. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no. uh, where's the? Uh, where's Elmo? Yeah, about that right that role I wanted you to do. No, centre forward today. <laughs> <laughs> that is very Bruce, if you were to say, which managers come up with that idea?
2: I tweeted at the time, I said, saying Samba up front. <laughs> it's, you know,
3: it's one of them, isn't it? It is one
2: of them. One thing I like about Snodgrass, I, I, think, I don't think his final products, though, like where you'd see the highlights reels of... Yeah. When you'd watch the highlights and you know him scoring for Leeds or Norwich or whatever, he'd be scoring, pinging in free kicks and, or, or long-distance efforts. His, his final product isn't there yet, but he gets about. He's hustling and bustling. I mean, he provided the two assists for uh, the QPR game.
3: Can I be controversial on Snuggrass?
2: Yeah, yeah, can no, go for
3: it. Because I, I, think, I think he's a good player and I think he improves us, but you can see why he's never gone on to be a top top. Midfielder, I think in the Premier League because he's got the attributes like you say. don't you think that he you know he's got that dead he's known for those dead balls and for being able to spot a pass and he's got this thing where he cuts in onto his onto his uh, left foot because he plays on the obviously on the wrong side to the foot to his natural foot but it, he does try the same things and it was interesting particularly against Sunderland that what people's opinion of him was whereas I thought he had a good game you know, it's one of the, it wasn't a perfect game. It was a good game, and some people really, I don't think, take to the amount of stuff that might not come off. But he's one of those players where he plays on the percentages. Perhaps you know what I mean. That he's
2: yeah, yeah. You know. I know because I mean, I I think his effort gives us a bit more yeah. solidity in midfield, I agree. and I agree. and I mean, I think that's what Bruce thought when he was thinking about finally managing to shoehorn the 442 in was he would give give us a bit of meat and gravy in the midfield from the you know from coming in from the wing. so it's not mm, like you're mm. playing playing like with two wide men who don't really get stuck in uh, into the midfield exactly. in terms of defending but he he gives you that big time and and Horahan is somebody who Again, he's—I don't think he's playing as forward as as we would like, ideally. But he is. I mean, he's doing a lot of box to box, and he's—you know—he's always seen back tackling on the edge of his own 18-yard box.
3: Yeah, he worked very hard against Sunderland, and I thought he had one of his best games against QPR. Uh, he's a player I like, and he's another one I think that I think because he struggled to adapt and struggled to the system that that Bruce had him in at times was becoming singled out for being a bit of a—you know—why is he not showing the kind of form that brought him here from Barnsley? Yeah. He's I think he's technically very, very good and uh, I hope I hope he develops into something that we can really see blossom for Villa but, um, and that we can hold on to. Because I do think he's got the potential to be a great midfielder for us.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to uh, put the cart before the horse, but if we got promoted, he's one of the players that hopefully would step up and yeah. he would feel like a Villa player because yeah. I mean just just look at the team that, uh, that started against well the last two games uh, Johnson potentially not here if we get promoted Hutton last year of his contract would would we have him in the in the Premier League as a mm. right back who knows Samba no probably not uh, good enough for the uh, Premier League anymore Snodgrass alone Probably go back. Well, he will go back. Nomar will go back. Wheelan. It's going to be a bit old for that league. Terry, although he didn't start the last two games, he would have yeah. been a starter. So suddenly we we're, we're going. We would only have like half. Well, less than half the team yeah. in the Premier League. So who's going to actually be a starter in the Premier League after rebuilding? I mean, maybe Chester and then Hurrahan and you know Davis would might not even uh, get a start. Well, be you know be the number one starter. So yeah. there's not that many players who. We currently have, that can be a Villa player that we've, you know, we've loved uh, from our promotion campaign and we, you know, we hold close and Hurahan's probably got the best shot at that.
3: He's, he's one of the players you think has got that gear above that that's not yet tapped and that room for a bit, more, a bit more development and like you say, to really become a great Villa player, I think he's got that potential. He's
2: got to build some confidence and mental toughness to believe mm. in himself as well because, you know, we've seen some of the stuff he did for Barnsley and... Yeah, I think he's got the ability, but he's he's got to uh, be shown to be doing it time and time again and mm-hmm. think of himself a, a little bit, you know, cut above uh, the rest of them.
3: And we do have challenges. I mean, I, I, you know, just to, trying to cover, I suppose, the Sunderland game in brief and tie it into that a little bit. So you, look, you look at players like Anoma, who are technically excellent, and you think, wow, that, you know, how, how do we, we, we're lucky to have him. How do we... How do we develop and build a team with that could stand to lose a player like that? You know, like at the end of the season, or you know, and, and what's the, what's the realistic prospect of us, you know, getting a player like that on a permanent deal, or or do you know what? Do you just look at the next player, like a Noma, coming through wherever, yeah. and try and do you see what I mean? It's it's challenging because I, I think if we go up this season, then then you'd have to say that someone like him would ha- would have been quite central to our success.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I think with him, there's a there's a chance of getting him. I don't think mm. he's going to be cheap, obviously. Uh,
3: do you not think, though, if we got promoted and a no mark, because, you know, you look across the team and he, he, for me, he would be a, a, in his position, a standout player. You get promoted and I, I don't think he's in the in the bracket, unfortunately. And this is sad for English football, I guess, is that, he, you know, he's not going to be bursting into the, the Spurs team, I don't think, with, with their ambitions. But do your middling Premier League teams start to take a view on players like that? You know, and that would be my worry.
2: Yeah, but I'm I'm thinking it's over Spurs or Villa. As 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 far as I'm concerned, if he's played a season with us and we're in the Premier League, mm. in the Premier League you've got like the top six, let's say six to eight, and then the rest of them are all the same.
3: A bit of a churn, yeah, I suppose so.
2: And that's where the Villa's tradition, the name, the size of the stadium, certainly gives you an, a you know an advantage over you know. So Nomad, do you want to play for Villa or, or West Brom or Watford or Burnley? Well, I've just spent a season with Villa, and they're you know their stadium's twice as big. Big. i think i'll stay there thank you very much so i don't see not much competition from other teams in keeping a name wise the only thing is is what spurs plans are mm-hmm. but we're jumping the gun here because uh, yeah. there's a long way to go a long way to go even though we are in our highest position we've been since we dropped to this sorry uh sorry league uh, i just want to go back to that microphone that blew up this show's costing us money folks Please do support us by being a patron. I just want to uh, give a shout out to Dean Gregory for joining as a, a My Old Man Said patron in the past month. Daniel Gooding, Ian Edwards for upping up his pledge to be able to listen to advanced sneaks of the podcast, which uh, over the last few weeks has come in handy because at least you've actually got a podcast when we've haven't for whatever reason managed to get the main one out. So patrons would have already heard our little intro that we did. Uh, actually, we I gave them the raw and cut uh, edition with uh, us laughing a lot uh, while we recorded it. It's a bit more somber now. Uh, also, uh, uh, shout out to tony Keane for joining as well and fitzgerald parchment that's a great, great name fantastic name actually mm. and also jeremy rogers and josh reed as well thank you very much in this world where oh did i tell you dan that i got banned from facebook for three days
3: oh they, they see they do respond to me clicking that button i know they did <laughs> <laughs> they
2: do. finally five years of reporting you for posting a video of a German goalkeeper miss kicking the ball, which went viral everywhere i think b t sport they they put a kind of a video and it was like it was on sky you know Sky Germany or whatever. Yahoo put it out there, they shared it. And you just thinking, well,
3: you were the fool guy.
2: It's like four <laughs> seconds of footage, and you're banning me for copyrights or, or whatever reason. And it, and it's shonky quality. It's like somebody's recorded it, you know, off their TV or whatever. And you know, no answer to your appeals. But then, but then, I mean, forget about that. I mean, that's whatever. That's just them being dicks. But. Uh, <laughs> The thing is, the thing about Facebook, what they're doing now, I mean, I used to get a lot, most of my traffic from Facebook in terms of the website. But what they do is they're trying to get you to pay. To promote your posts, and the amount of people reading the posts is probably the same as when I had like three, three thousand, four thousand followers on Facebook. Now it's about twenty-seven thousand, and what they do is filter them. So if you want them to go out further to more of your readers, you have to pay for it. And this is how they're kind of controlling the game. So you don't don't get the same amount of people even though you've got more followers like from like three years ago and, and this is how the internet's changing it's you know it's getting uh Ew. nastier oh. and more controlled because in the you know in mm. the end game is obviously even with uh, service providers they want to like start to slow down mm. bandwidths to certain websites unless you're you know paying paying or you're actually owned by the company who uh you know provides the broadband or, or whatever the service providers it's all a bit nefarious the way it's going that's why there's all these campaigns for net neutrality
3: it's all a bit dubious because the, you know you think about who everyone knows the impact upon things like elections and things, but the control of information irrelevant. It doesn't just apply to this, I suppose, but it does always interest me, and it's one of the reasons I don't do Facebook. It's you know there are other organisations that are as dubious, really. You know, I'm sure Twitter, Twitter's another one where there's a question mark around them. Uh, uh, what's the word taking positions on on people's political statements where previously yeah. it's been a you know pretty much free for all, really. Yeah, Facebook's very interesting for me because. Your example is very interesting. That what's the point in having followers if you have to then almost subcontract to be able to send them information? Because Facebook, ultimately, for all their bleating, from what I can see, aren't, don't really care what that information is, so long as you pay them yeah. to deliver it. You know, Rush you know, it's the whole American, inf- the Russian American. Russian influence on the American election thing isn't it that it wasn't just one or two orchestrated but and it wasn't all about bots it was organised information yeah,
2: and they were quite happily spreading that I mean yeah. that's and on the other hand you've got you've got the companies that have worked out how you get the clicks for advertising mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. by uh, via the, the system that's set up for example as news now the, the aggregate that uh, when you write a post if you're uh, subscribed to it and my site is and your site is and you mm. know the Birmingham Mail is and, and newspapers mm-hmm. are it's a news aggregate so a villa fan can just look at it and get all the headlines now there's some websites that are set up and they're part of a network and they do this for every team they'll just write any old stories put a sexy headline on and it's normally like uh, a yeah. villa fans say sack bruce now and you just go this that's the big headline people click on it and then what it is is just a shitty article by some no-name. you've already
3: read and you're already aware of often and
2: well it's just a load of compilation of people's tweets villa fans took to
3: twitter outraged at villa strikers injuries like...
2: so they know that it's, it's all about the headline and you know from my experience if, if you write you know like a real serious piece and the, and the headline fits it it's just a matter of fact headline you, you get hardly mm-hmm. any readers mm-hmm. to some piece of transfer rumor that you a uh, you know alternative for codger and then bang you get you know you get thousands reading it <laughs> thousands
3: and thousands reading.
2: but you don't want to play that game but half of me thinks well uh i don't you know it's it's so low rent that you know I, i've got one life i, I ever want to do something i'm proud of and that's good mm. but the problem is uh it's not a business model it's not a it's not a way of doing it so that's why uh you know, we have to, have to do something like patrons and Patreon, which if we get more patrons, it's a game changer. We can start to do things for supporters and actually create a show. For example, this podcast takes on a whole new dimension, as does the website. But when you're in a situation where you have to do things for like, you know, for advertising or whatever. And, and, and to be honest, advertising is almost a waste of time. Mm. So... <laughs> Go to myomensaid.com and uh, click on the patron. And please do, you know, whatever, even if it's just a dollar. Or you can pay in pounds if you go to the bottom of the, uh, the My oh said website. It all helps. And there's more benefits as we speak. I am working on uh, a couple of interesting things. For the new year, hopefully. I mean, these are all extras. You should just be supporting us. <laughs> also, one thing that does keep us going is your uh, tweets and your emails and suggestions. You know, if we get a little uh, comments, you'll be amazed. Uh, it does mean a lot and it does kind of give you a glimmer of hope that you're not wasting your time. <laughs> <laughs> Can't believe we went through a podcast without mentioning Bjarnison. Oh, we did Might mention him at the start. Yeah. Ipswich, do we need to talk about Ipswich? Nah. That's the problem with the championship, with all these bloody midweek games.
3: It throws it all out of whack, doesn't
2: it? It just, straight away, it's out of date in terms of that, and it'd be nice to just put a podcast out on, like, Tuesday and have a few days for people to listen to it before the weekend fixture comes. By the time this comes out, the Ipswich game, some people will, will have listened to it after the Ipswich game.
3: Mm.
2: Right. So, uh, anything to add?
3: I think that covers all topics.
2: No more international breaks, so no more sabbaticals for you until until
3: March. Oh, fantastic. I can't wait. There's lots to do between now and then. Listen, I don't want to keep you from the ashes. I know how much you enjoy cricket.
2: (laughs) Okay, well, until England win the ashes, it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from him.
3: Goodbye.
0: My old man
3: said...
0: Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's.